Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to Is This It? I'm your host, Donna Greenberger, and I'm here to have meaningful conversations with talented and purpose-driven people to discover what mindset allowed them to overcome their greatest challenges and achieve success, and share it with you so you can do the same. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider joining my exclusive Patreon community to support the show and unlock bonus content. Ten years ago, I was depressed as hell, anxious as hell. I didn't see that I had any worth in life. I didn't want to be here. That was my experience of life. If I hadn't had the breakdown slash breakthrough and really had that moment of admitting for the first time to myself and out loud to someone else that I wasn't having a great time of life and I was pretty miserable and I was pretty unhappy. If I didn't recognize that and have that moment of awareness for myself, then the project of me wouldn't have begun, right? And I love that saying, There's you have two birth dates, the day you're born and the day you wake up. If I said to you, what is a plumber do? How would you describe it? Now, if I look for the highest possible possibility in what a plumber does, they help people have a functioning home so that they can live in a loving environment. They serve people in a way that they can live comfortably in the four walls of their own home. You know, I'm describing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if that plumber sees the possibility of what they do and who they're being up here, the way that they do it is gonna be way more impactful and purposeful. On today's episode, life coach, podcast host, and author, Alex Manzi. Hi, Alex. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me today. It's going to be a special episode today because, as you can see, I have no notes. I have no script. This is going to be a free flow from a uh, fellow coach to another. Let's explore the mind. Let's talk life and uh, have fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be on an episode where you don't have your notes. And I'll tell you this as a little uh, little story before we kick off. For the first like 15 episodes of my podcast, I always had notes, always. And I was like, you know, okay, what's the next question? What's the next, what's the next topic? What's the next topic? And uh, Mick, again, shout out Mick. He said to me, dude, like ditch the notes, just do it for one. Just ditch the notes, just be in the conversation. He's like, you've done enough episodes now. You're a great, you know, conversationalist. You, you can hold the space. You can lead the conversation. Like, ditch the notes and just just, just try see. It. Yeah. So I had this one episode where, fortunately, the the next guest I had was someone that I knew quite well, and I, I didn't even need notes to like know his story and stuff like that. And I just like dived into the conversation, and I've, I've never I've never turned back. I just like I don't know what's going to come up in any podcast I record. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to be present and I'm going to be open. And let's just hear it, right? And it's like, it's so ex- so much more exciting that way. This is very, very true. I've thought about this often, even in um, as I was making the other episodes and I was preparing the notes, I was always a little bit torn between, okay, I want to give as much valuable and concise information for for the audience. And so for that, I think I need some structure and I need some sort of, you know, guidelines for it. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, I guess this is a bit of a information for the for the audience, how it all works. Sometimes I would be thinking, well, in the moment whilst I'm listening to the guest, but I'm also checking, I need to check what was my next question, kind of so I'm, mm. whether I don't miss anything, so I don't forget to ask anything. So I'm checking that and then maybe I lose track of the thread of the thought that they're, they're saying, and then maybe I lose eye contact. And so there's quite a lot of things happening at the same time. And sometimes I would wonder, you know, would it be perhaps nicer and I could go deeper or I could veer off on a path that eventually would lead me to something completely unexpected and very precious and very useful for the audience if I didn't have 
you know, these anchors that I had decided to come back to all the time. Mm. So I guess explorative, yeah. experimental episode will tell us. And do you know what? I love that what you said, right? Because what I found is what I like to, how I like to present my podcast is like every episode is going to have incredible value for the listener. And it's up to the listener to find that value for themselves, right? So we could like, as an example, right? We could spend this whole hour, however long we're going to be here, talking about movies, anime, you know, pop culture. And there'll be something in this episode for whoever's listening. I don't know what that would be, but it's there to be found. Like you have to, sometimes you have the best learnings you can make is when you mine for the gold yourself rather mm -hmm. than having someone say, okay, true. this is this is what you need to learn. This is the information. True, very, very true. And also I've noticed, which is very liberating for me, <laughs> it's peculiar and liberating at the same time. And it just shows once more how everything we perceive is super subjective. Like there's there are effectively very few factual truths everything is about perception so i would have an episode and i would have somebody tell me an opinion about it oh, oh i found that thing so great and i'll be like oh that's amazing and then i would have another person that's like yeah i'm not sure about that thing though <laughs> it's exactly the same thing just different people so and i'm and i'm just like mm, thank you yes yeah. amazing. Mm, i'll take that into consideration yeah. yes absolutely so as you said same same topic same conversation different nuggets of wisdom for different people that's in it. different moments and it's, it, it shows us like how the mind works, right? The mind lives in the subjective, yeah. in our own subjective yeah. view, our own subjective perception of the world, right? And it lives within its own little limitation. And it's like you were saying, like when you've, you're here having a conversation, but you're thinking about the next topic or you're thinking about the other thing or you're thinking about are the cameras recording? Is this, did I press record on the audio and all that stuff, right? And I know, like, I've been there, you know, and you're not, totally present where something that i've really started to see shift for me even in my coaching for example is i want to be totally present with someone you know i want to have like listen with all of my senses you know and it, that kind of exists outside of the logical mind outside of the human brain you know it exists as a kind of more i don't know what you mean you can call it a more spiritual but it's like and for me that's where the real gold is in a conversation because you're just being totally present with someone like we, we were talking earlier and i said you can't replicate this exchange of energy anywhere you can try on zoom on phone calls yeah you can still have amazing conversations but you can't replicate this because Physical this, presence, this yeah. is when you're really listening with all, all of your senses that's very, very true. And this is also the reason why I was adamant for myself to make an in-person recording. Because I just think the connection that you are able to form with somebody when you have them in front of you is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. You can't compare. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So if I were to ask you to sum up your life philosophy for me in one sentence or a few. My life philosophy. Yeah. Hmm. That's a great question. What a banger to begin with. Eh? <laughs> let's, let's not let's not jump in the shallow end yeah, over here. You know me. You know me in this podcast. Straight <laughs> yeah, into the deep end. I like it. Um, so my life philosophy philosophy would be um, I didn't I don't even know how to sum it up. So let me just yeah. I'm just gonna say some stuff and let's see what comes out. Right, that's the whole point. So my I, I would say this. This is what's coming to me. My life philosophy is that we experience life in many different ways. Right, we experience it with our senses, we experience it with our mind, we experience it as a as as alex we experience it as a spiritual self we experience it as a bunch of stuff right and we can experience all of that as one as well 
And I think the more that I've lent into that as, as a way of being in life, understanding the totality of life, the nature of how our, our minds create our world, right? And how we're just, all we are at our core, we are creators, you know? I'm creating the way that I'm receiving you in this conversation right now. You're doing the same. I'm creating myself and how I'm showing up in this conversation right now. It's like a constant creation going on. And to me, like when we start bringing all of ourselves, spiritual self, emotional self, logical self, the senses of ourselves into complete alignment in anything that we do, everywhere we go, that's when the purest creation happens. So that I think is something that I've really been leaning into. Um, I was saying to you earlier that I just come back from India, um, not last week, the week before, I was there for two weeks. And like what I experienced there was like just, <laughs> I went out there for a personal development event. Um, the ultimate coach known as Steve Hardison was was speaking at an event and there was a bunch of other people speaking. Um, one of my coaches, Ankush Jain, shout out Ankush, uh, was, was speaking and there was a bunch of just amazing people in the room, right? And pretty much everyone who was in the room, bar maybe like 30 people out of like two, 300, had come from outside of India. So like England, America, South America, Europe, like it was just a room. And you said to me, wow, you went to an event like in India, that's a big commitment. That's a, that is a big commitment. Yeah, it was. And because of that, the the energy in the room was electric. Everyone was there, you know, coming in with a really high level of commitment. The things that people had to do just to get to India, some people took like 36 hour journeys, like from South America, just to get there. Like the level of commitment to be in that room was insane. What I received on that day was just like an experience no, like no other. Just what made it so special? Just the presence of people in the room, you know, because everyone's coming in with this high commitment, the presence of people in the room, the love that was being shared, like there were strangers that you're meeting and you're just having a conversation with and all you want to do is just hug them and embrace them for no reason, just because, why not? No, no, because you connect, you connect on a deeper level by definition because you are so similar because you've probably walked the same path and you are on the same level of commitment and you have probably a very similar intention of why you're there. Yeah. So that's just like a very condensed and a rare possibility of meeting people that are really similar to you in the best way possible in that the thing that you're doing that is the most important thing to you, your passion you're calling your your profession they're all there for that and that is so important to them so meeting other people that have almost the same goals and same objectives all in the same place yeah very powerful yeah and that's it and it's like there was a connection beyond you know this identity of alex it was like a deeper connection like you mm -hmm. said and the whole room was just there was this energy right and that was just on the on the day of the event <laughs> now outside of that spending i think it was a total of 12 days in india the experiences i had with some of the local people and just being in india was like everyone is so present everyone is so attentive no one seems to be in a rush to get to the next thing right and i'm sure people were were people scrolling on their phones not really like a bit of it but when you're talking to someone they're locked in you know they're, they're listening to you they want to help you if you're asking for help they want to you know share something with you they want and it was just like this incredible experience and you know obviously because being in india i didn't have signal on my phone so i was only on my phone at the hotel on, when i was on wi-fi i just had this real sense of just presence everywhere we went and not just from me but that i was receiving from other people and it really like it impacted me so much that like since i've got back from india like i've i've sensed that i've been different you know i'm really like every conversation i'm just here you know i'm not 
I'm not thinking about, okay, like later tonight, I've got to do this thing or, you know, tube strikes today. How am I going to get home? Wherever. I'm just here. And that's it. That's because that's all we've ever got, right? All we've ever got is what's in front of us. And to me, the most important thing or the most important person in the world is the person in front of me at any time or the thing that's in front of me at any time. What if there is nothing in front of you? That's the most important thing. Do you think it's all about the phone? Do you think it's all the phone's fault? If you say I took away your phone for 24 hours, do you think your ability and maybe not, let's not talk about you, a hypothetical person, your average person. Do you think their ability to stay present and be in the moment would increase a hundred percent or do you think they'd still be able to be distracted by what's in their head i don't think it's a one-size-fit-all thing right if i'm honest i think some people would struggle some people would be like well, what do i do like where do i and, and they'd have all of this thinking right because you know if we're going to be real some people use their phone as an escape yeah well, they want to escape definitely. the thinking that they're having right me i would be more than happy i could just chug on with my day <laughs> like no problem right i'd just go out and I'd probably speak to some people or spend some time alone yeah or, that's why i said let's not take you as yeah. an example <laughs> no, but it's, you're an atypical example no but it's two experiences of the same thing right mm. and what what i'm I guess what I'm pointing at is that the experience is never going to be universal. The experience is always going to be personal. So each individual person on this planet, how many, six, six billion, 60 billion, I, I don't know, however many people on the planet, someone correct me, right? Every single person, if they didn't have access to a phone for 24 hours, would have a unique experience based on the thinking that they have going on in their head and the relationship they have with that thinking. Some people would be stressing out. Some people would be calm. Some people would be happy. Some people wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Other people would be in their element. Some people would worry about how am I going to speak to my friends, my family, my mum. Other people will be worrying about work. It's going to be an entirely unique experience for every person because that's all our life is. All our life is, is an interpretation of the events that are going on around us based on our own thinking. Story, the narrative that's being created within our own perception. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. I say that because it's happened to me that I've, um, first of all, I've done silence courses so that you know you completely switch off there's no phone there's not anything in the real life <laughs> when you're back to your reality you know all the chores that you have to do there have been some days where periods in my past where i felt that there's just this overcrowding of my mind and oversaturation of information and impulses and so i remember i said okay literally gonna use my phone this hour and this hour to check for this many minutes whatever important messages and then i'm putting it away and lo and behold, had an incredible impact, an incredible immediate impact on my ability to be more present. But also the state of being present is almost meditative. So people like to talk about meditation so much. If you're able to calm yourself and bring yourself to the present moment and just do nothing, so not fidget, not scroll on your phone, be with yourself and allow whatever thoughts come, come and, you know, look around you and just the quality of being. That's an extremely meditative process in my books, at least. All I wanted to say with that is that these experiences are extremely accessible to us. All you need to do is decide that for one day or even one half a day, you're going to try and just stay away from your phone. Six hours, six hours. Mm. Start with that. Imagine how much can happen. And then the thing is going to be, you're going to want to read a book. Or are you going to do some chores? But I think it, it's a free, very accessible exercise for everyone to try and see where that takes you. In order to cultivate that presence, that awareness in a moment, and also the ability to hold space for another person. Because that's what we've been talking about here, right? And I think it's so rare. It's so rare and therefore so refreshing and delightful to be in the presence of somebody that 
is fully there for you, with you, yeah, it's a rarity. Therefore, very, very much appreciated. And we feel it, right? Like when I've been in the presence of people like that, I feel it. It's like their presence is speaking to me. It's not the words necessarily that they're saying. It's like the core of their being, the essence of them is speaking directly to the essence of me through their presence. And that's what's available to all of us all the time, you know? And I love what you said about meditation and how I came to this realization. Uh, I used to meditate every day pretty much for like five years. And one day I just stop meditating no given reason i wasn't like right today's going to be the day i stop right <laughs> it was just like it just happened like i, I just five years down check <laughs> yeah check yeah. take that one off it's just like i don't know i just stopped meditating right i was having this conversation the other day so this this past weekend i was on um, a coaching uh, intensive that my coach was hosting called the Lamron intensive which is like one of the most incredible coaching events that you can attend and on one of the days, um, one of the guys in the room um, hosted just like a meditation for us all. I think it was after after lunchtime. And um, we were just talking about our experience. And um, I shared this and I'll I, I share it with you because I, I really love this. I found that my experience of being in the meditation versus my experience of not being in the meditation wasn't too dissimilar. Mm. And what I've come to realize over time is that the reason, well, I don't know if you'd call it a reason, but the reason I stopped meditating was because I started to see there was a distinction between the practice of meditation and the state of meditation. The practice of meditation is like, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to cross my legs, I'm going to close my eyes and you know, focus on my breathing and, and what have you, right? It's, it's a thing to do. Whereas the state of meditation is what we access through the practice. And the state, the state of meditation to me, in my experience, is just a state of pure presence and observation. You, you said it as well, right? But just observe what's around you, look out the window, you know, look around, feel, feel the senses. And um, I started to notice that over the last two years, since I stopped meditating every day, that I'm accessing the state of meditation on a much more regular basis. Like I could be quote unquote meditating now, right? I could be meditating when I'm in the gym. I could be meditating when I'm, you know, watching a movie. I could be, you know, wherever. Like if I'm if I'm really being present and observing and not being in conflict with the thinking that's coming up or the experience that I'm having or I can, I can be in meditation. It's like, you know, coming here today, it's a tube strike in London, right? I left, I live in, I don't live too far from here. It's probably like four miles, like if you <laughs> drew a straight line, right? It's not far. It took me over an hour and a half to get here because mm. I had to get buses and this and traffic. And, and I could have been really stressed out. I could have been and probably would have been, you know, a year, two years ago, I would have been pissed. I hate being late for a start. I hate traffic number two and i don't really like getting buses and stuff like that number three so i could have been pissed if it was raining who knows right <laughs> cherry on a cake yeah exactly perfect i could i could have been extremely pissed off and i chose not to be i chose all right let's just have a fun experience right so i was just on the bus i was listening to voice notes replying to messages reading a bit of my book listening to a bit of a podcast and the experience became meditative because i was just being present you know with it like i turned up here did i seem stressed to you no i was chill wasn't it? Very i was just chill, like yeah. yeah hey like how you doing had a nice lovely conversation like hey guys i have a very exciting announcement to make i've started working with my very first sponsor and it's none other than 
drumroll, Momo Kombucha, our own London-based, locally produced, healthy and delicious kombucha that I've been a fan of since I first tried it. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm obsessed with my health, but at the same time, I'm a devout foodie and nothing will make me renounce tasty food and drink. Unfortunately, most delicious drinks are full of sugar and other additives that are not good for your health. This is why I love Momo so much. It's delicious, so it curbs my cravings for snacks and healthy as it contains loads of probiotics that are great for your gut. If you'd like to try it yourself, use the discount code ISTHISIT15 to get a 15% off of your first order. Six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, I probably would have been extremely pissed. <laughs> when I got here, I would have been stressed. I would have been flustered. I would have been speed walking down the road to get here because I was late. I would have been sweating. I would have been hot. <laughs> you do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like, I feel like today, um, I really found myself like in that state of meditation you know, throughout the journey here. And there were times where I was getting stressed and like, am I going to get there on time? Am I not? And I just let it go when mm. it came up. Just let it go. Let's, I'm on the bus. Can't be anywhere else right now. I'm on the bus. I'm in traffic. I can't, I can't physically be anywhere else. So let me be here. This is precisely why I always say I love taking planes. I love taking mm. flights. I love being in a train. I love being in a car because I know that no matter what, I can't rush it. For me to, it's it's such a relaxing mm. and meditative process always for me because I know no matter what, it's gonna take me four six hours to get to the point B. That's it. Mm. Like I can I can just relax. Mm. I can do whatever I want to do in those six hours. Mm. I can't make them go faster. Can't mm. control time there. Mm. Whereas with with the day when you have to do stuff and then you're like I wish I could do them faster and this and this and that whereas that is just a moment of relaxation mm. for me can I create a little yeah. distinction here with you because I love this right you said I can't control time I can just be I can just relax right I want to create this distinction to me it's not the fact that you're on a plane or on a train or what was on a bus and my girlfriend loves that stuff as well. You, you, you two would get on <laughs> happy as Larry on a train together, right? Um, it's not the fact that she's on or you are on the transport that is creating the state. It's the way that you are being. It's the, it's in, the perception of control. In those places. You're allowing yourself. You're mm -hmm. giving yourself the permission to relax, to yeah. just be, to not have to try and do anything yeah. or need to feel like I have to be anywhere else. That's that's the quality Absolutely. that we're talking. And, and if anything, that's probably my philosophy of life to go back to the original question. We got mm. there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we got it out. Go. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> now that's very, very true as you said and with everything, it's, it's always about the mindset, which is obviously the favorite thing, right? But I think as you mentioned, it is because I know that somebody else is in control of that time of mind. So it's the driver, it's the pilot, it's somebody else. So it's not up to me to fly that plane. So mm. maybe, maybe I try to make it faster to be fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's the reason why I'm able to relax. Whereas with everything else, I have the perception that I have the control of my schedule and of my day. So I'm the one that's deciding mm. when I'm doing what, how long am I doing it for, etc. So then uh, inadvertently then comes in that potential of that pressure that I need to be more efficient, etc. Mm. But yeah, another thing that I wanted to touch upon that you mentioned was I like how you said what you said about the control and and sorry not the control but the choice that you made when you were coming here and that's such an important thing to emphasize for everyone 
because in any given moment, I know, you know, it's been said before a thousand times, but we should say it another one <laughs> so that people remember. And even, you know, even this podcast and all these conversations that we're having and probably also your podcast, it's the knowledge is universal. It doesn't belong to anyone. You know, Tony Robbins is saying the same things as an author in another continent mm -hmm. 50 years ago. Knowledge is universal. It doesn't belong to anyone. It's not like we're saying new things. We're just saying it with different words in a different intonation, in a different time, in a different place mm -hmm. to different people. So there's a time and a place and a space for that. So I think reminders are super important and reminding the important things that can be useful to people is a very uh, good deed. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite sayings is there's many different paths to universal truth. And that is like, what I'm getting from what you're sharing there, right? Is like, if everyone's pointing at the same truth, there's many different ways for it to be shared or people to arrive at that. And um, to me, it's like, we all we have is choice, you know? Do, are we ever in control? Are we actually always just out of control? And or control is an illusion. Yeah, right? Or yeah, exactly. The dynamic of control doesn't exist at all, which is probably where I would land. And all we have is choice. So if that's true, if choice is available to us all the time, which I believe it is, then we can choose our experience of anything. Like today, I chose to have a pleasant experience mm -hmm. here, coming here. I could have chosen for it to be stressful. I could have chosen for it to be sped up and rushed and oh, I'm not in control. And, you know, and even within that, I made choices along the way. You know, I chose, okay, tubes aren't working. Let me get the bus. Then, you know, buses were being a bit slow. So I thought, do I change? Do I change my choice? Do I, do I get an Uber? Do I get, so I quickly looked on Uber. Ubers were canceling left, right and center. Okay, let me stick to the bus. And when I get there, I get there. And just let go of any resistance to, okay, but I'll probably be late. Just let go of the resistance. There's a, there's also a saying that goes, it's not the f strongest that survive. It's the most adaptable mm. and flexible to change so i think within what you said 100 percent, people need to remember that in each moment there is a choice there's always no matter what the situation is there's always a choice even though it may, may not be obvious there is always a choice and i think it's the most empowering message to remind people that they are the ones that are choosing in any given moment and they have that choice. They have the choice whether they want to stay in the job that they're in or they want to take a leap of faith or they want to start a side hustle. Do they want to stay in that relationship? Do they want to get a divorce? Yes, there might be children and yes, there will be big dilemmas, but there is always a choice. And even in situations where it seems like there is no choice, you have a choice of your perception, of changing your perception and changing the way you view things. So oftentimes the tiniest changes in how you perceive your situation can lead to drastic changes in your overall experience and your well-being and how you feel about your life. So you don't even need to quit your job. You might need to make certain small tweaks in how you interact with your colleagues or how you show up in the work what do you think about what you're doing? Do you think it matters what you're doing? Mm. Do you think you're... All of these small things that need to be worked on internally will have the biggest difference in how you feel externally. And again, it doesn't cost 
anything. <laughs> it just takes a bit of awareness, a bit of time, a bit of energy, and some inner work. And that's it. To me, like the great, the greatest project that I can work on is the project of me. You know, yeah, I've got a, you know successful coaching business. Yeah, I've got a successful podcast. Yeah, etc. Et I could list a bunch of stuff, right? The greatest project that I've ever worked on is me. Ten years ago, I was depressed as hell, anxious as hell. I didn't see that I had any worth in life. I didn't want to be here. That was my experience of life. If I hadn't had the breakdown slash breakthrough moment that I had, which was in front of a, an ex-girlfriend, which was my girlfriend at the time, but ex now, and really had that moment of admitting for the first time to myself and out loud to someone else that I wasn't having a great time of life and I was pretty miserable and I was pretty unhappy. If I didn't recognize that and have that moment of awareness for myself, then the project of me wouldn't have begun, right? And I love that saying, there's, um, you have two birth dates, the day you're born and the day you wake up. And 10 years ago, I woke up and the project of me started. And all I've done in the last 10 years, work on me, work on me, work on me, understand, learn, work on me. And that has been one of the most profound, impactful things ever. Like who I am today, if you put me 10 years ago, 15 years ago next to me, you'd be like, that's the same person. Like, that's good. Really? Yeah. And it's been a journey that I know is never going to end, right? I've got this picture on my on my wall in my office and it's got my my document on it so to give context the document is to steve hardison who i mentioned earlier it's a process that he'll, he takes his clients through and it's basically like let's burn down <laughs> who you've been up until this point and then let's rebuild you into who you want to be in the world and there's a whole process behind it and i was very fortunate to attend a retreat immersion in october with ankush who's been working one-to-one -one with steve and steve gave ankush the blessing to take us through the process of creating the document and i'll, sh I'll share it with you in a minute if you if you want to hear mm -hmm. it anyway so this document represents who i'm being in the world to me so it's a very important document right it's a very important piece to me because it's me on paper right and um, it's a load of I am statements, essentially. It's a, and it's, they're different to affirmations, right? So affirmations, in, in my opinion, when I was doing them, is like, I'm saying all of these things. I am a successful businessman. I am, you know, a loving person. I am whatever, right? And it's kind of like I was hoping that at some point <laughs> these things would come into my life, right? Whereas the document, it's, it's where I'm choosing to come from now. I'm not hoping to get there at one point. I'm choosing to come from this place. I'm choosing to show up in this way now. That's that's the kind of difference, right? So this this document represents something very special to me. It represents me, right? Most special thing in the world to me. And anyway, what I wanted to share is on, on, on the background of the image is a photo that I took when I was traveling in South America. It was on this road. It's a funny story in itself. I was hitchhiking. <laughs> And uh, me and my friend Lucy, we, we hitchhiked with this Italian guy, funny enough. And uh, he just randomly pulled over on the side of the road and he got out of the car and we were like, okay. And then he just went into the middle of the road and started taking photos because we were on this road, which was like wide open, no cars. And when you stood in the center of the road, the road that we were on went for like another maybe 100, 200 meters. And then it kind of veered off to the left. And then the mountains behind it, you could see like the shape of the valley, right? Mm. So it's like this never ending winding road. And I chose to use that picture as the background of my document because I see that this journey, the project of me 
as great as I, I, I see myself as now and never used to, um, it's a never ending journey. Of course. You know, it's a, you, you live know, and you learn. Yeah. One of my friends calls it, it's a, it's a mountain with no top, you know? And I think that's, it's a beautiful thing to live into is like the project of me is never ending. You know, it, it can always expand. It can always, things can always shift. I can always learn new things. I can always show up in different ways. And there's so, for me, there's so much freedom in that. Beautiful. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I do think that the journey is never ending. It's like there is this continuous path and then you're born <laughs> and you started from where, where you land. Like it's like video games when you like <laughs> when you fall off the sky. That's that's when, when you start and yeah. then at some point your time is up and but the road continues. Like the world continues. The world goes on. And yeah, one of the I think that's that's something that my grandparents uh, told me since very young age. This proverb, you live and you learn. So the learning never stops ever. And I think that's also why um, one of my core values is is learning and growth. Because I think when that stops, then, whoa, <laughs> something is really, really wrong. Life has been put on pause is essentially how I feel when, when there is no progress and there's no growth or learning. But you mentioned something interesting that made me think, which is... You said that you burn the past version of you mm. and then you rebuild the new one on top of that. Well, I would want to ask, wouldn't you want to use and build on top of what you were? I have these three pages on my wall, three like A4s. And one is where I'm coming from. And which is literally where, where I started. One is where I'm right now. And another one is where I'm going. And I don't look at them every day. It's like every other month or something. And today, actually, this morning, I looked at it. And even just looking at the today, I'm really proud. And when I look to the future and I see that some things are already here now, mm -hmm. that feels amazing. But nothing compares when I actually look at where I came from. Now that gives context to everything mm -hmm. else just give so much more power to that yeah i love that and i totally agree i totally agree and i'd love i'd love to add that you know with that right are we able to look at where we've come from with no feeling towards it and i don't mean like you know take the emotion out right i just mean like so when i had my uh, breakdown it was it was a great thing as, as as hard as it was at the time right it was a great thing for me because it was, it was like i said it was when i woke up but the the year and a half that followed that was arguably even harder than the years i spent depressed you know i spent you know from 18 to 25 depressed right the year and a half following that was the hardest time why because i was carrying guilt shame resentment embarrassment anger frustration towards myself for having lived for so long in that way without realizing it so there was a judgment that's why this ignorance is bliss so when you realize it's a yeah. burden but this is what i'm saying right so yeah there's power in recognizing where you've come from but if you're harboring those emotions towards it right that's basically the foundation that you're building everything else on top of. But when you say harboring those emotions, what do you mean? For example, if when I look at that, I just think it's so amazing how far I've come. It is. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, it's amazing. 
because I can now happily talk about my past and it's like I, I don't have a disassociation to it yeah it happened it's, it's a reference point of time in the mm -hmm. past right and I don't have a judgment or shame or embarrassment feeling towards it like I used to so in that year and a half when I was feeling all of these things towards myself for what I had been living and what how I'd been experiencing life I was moving through the world as resentful judgmental hateful fearful embarrassed shameful etc 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 so i kind of had to clean up the mess right for want of a better word mm. had to clean up the mess and the cleaning up the mess for me was like getting into massive levels of forgiveness and seeing the innocence in how i had lived my life for, for eight years and you know i wouldn't say it was like a one-off process but over time having that level of forgiveness for myself and it's not like oh yeah alex i forgive you but really i'm like you know f you <laughs> It's more like the felt, you know, f for me, forgiveness is a, is a feeling. It's an experience, right? Feeling the forgiveness and truly letting go of those, you know, emotions, those feelings that I was carrying towards myself is what freed me up to then, you know, create myself from scratch, right? It's like if, let's say, for example, this building we're in, right? If they decided we're going to knock it down, and we're going to build a new building they're not going to keep the foundations that are currently here because the foundations that are currently here aren't going to support what they want to build probably right I'm making an assumption but i would assume so right they would excavate the foundations out hmm. clear out the space mm -hmm. so they can put new foundations in place and build what they want to build on top but what if you don't because because that implies then you know applying that analogy to ourselves that implies then that we want to lose all of the old identity but what if there are parts of you that are crucial to who you are that you don't want to lose yeah you keep those ones good you know yeah you keep the i kept loads i kept my love of video games <laughs> movies football right loads of stuff right my humor is what i'm getting at is just, it's the stuff that we judge ourselves for the most is the stuff that is our you know old foundation so that's the stuff that we need to excavate we need to clear that out of the way in my opinion clear that out of the way to then put new foundation in place and the new foundation is okay who do you want to be how do you want to create yourself wouldn't we want to excavate and get rid of the judgment and self rather the things that we were judging ourselves for yeah the judgment of self because that, that's all it is yeah exactly because the things themselves nothing is good or bad but mm -hmm. thinking thinking so makes it yeah. that so it's just doing the work and having enough growth to understand that it's the quality of being judgmental mm. <laughs> that's the problem rather than something that you did and as you correctly said it's just about learning to forgive instead of replacing the judgment with forgiveness yeah that will ultimately liberate you exactly and then in that liberation you're free to you know be create the create new. and be yeah. who you want to be right and that's a great catch because that's all it is is forgiving judgments of ourselves mm -hmm. it's not the thing the events happened and on top of the events we've layered an interpretation of judgment <laughs> and it's the interpretation that, that makes it yeah yeah and it's like it's funny because i actually came across some old coaching notes yesterday i was going through um, an exercise with one of my clients and um i wanted to share something with her but i couldn't couldn't i had it in my mind but i couldn't you know, you just can't fully articulate the thing. So I got out one of my old coaching journals and I started going through the pages to find what I was I wanted to share. 
and I came across something else. And it, it, what I'd written was, if I judge myself, I'm handicapping the most loving and creative person in the world. If I forgive myself, I'm freeing the most loving and creative person in the world. And that's what we're getting at. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your journey. So you said that you were suffering from from depression, from anxiety, and then that ultimately put you on a path of becoming a life coach. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that that part of the journey. Why were you depressed for so long? I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't mm -hmm. need to look into why because mm -hmm. the why is just going to reignite the story. So it was for it, five right? years, you said? From about 18 to 25. So what's so that? Even more. Seven, seven, eight years or mm -hmm. so. From, from what I can figure out, I can't put a start point on it. Yeah, I yeah, can definitely course. put an end point on it because I had that moment, but I can't really put a start point on it. But from from looking back and how i was around sort of 17 18 that seems around the time where what triggered it or how it started i don't know and don't how know. did it manifest how did you know that it was depression well the moment that i had the breakdown the breakthrough you know whatever you want to call it i like to call it both i was basically in conversation with with my girlfriend at the time right we we're having like a, a lover's tiff shall we call it a heated debate mm -hmm. and um at some point during the conversation she just turned around to me and she was like why aren't you saying anything and i was kind of like in my head i'm thinking like we've been doing this for like five ten minutes like what are you talking about and she, she just looked at me why aren't you saying anything why aren't you saying anything and something just clicked i don't know why I don't know how, I can't explain it. And it's like for a split second time slowed down and I just had this realization of like, oh, she's been saying stuff and I've been replying in my head, but not physically saying it, thinking that I'm in the conversation, right? To me, I was very much involved in the conversation, but I was just replying up here and nothing was coming out. So to her, she's saying stuff and I'm sat there in silence. I mean, she'd say something else and I'm silent. she says say something else, I'm silent. But to me, she would say something, I would reply. She would say something else, I would reply. And I had this moment of like, oh. So I've been living this whole moment in my head. And then it was like, whoa, I've been living my whole life in my head. Like how many times has this happened? And I couldn't, I couldn't like go back and like go, okay, it was happening there and there and there. I just knew that this was, I was so caught up in my head and my thinking and my thoughts and just so in here and then like a split second later i just flop back on the bed so we're in her bedroom flop back on the bed and i just start crying and then obviously her energy shifts to like something's wrong like, yeah. what's, like you know i've been sat there in silence for five minutes and then all of a sudden i'm crying right to her and then she's like what what's the matter what's the matter and i was in one of those crying states where you're just like <gasps> yeah you, you can't speak right and the only words that I could get out were, I don't feel like me. And she was like, what, what do you mean? I was like, I don't feel like me. I don't feel, I just repeated it like four or five times. And um, her, her mum, weirdly enough, or, or luckily enough, was a therapist. <laughs> so she was like, right, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to speak to my mum. I'm going to get her to come speak with you. Like, That's I, very handy. <laughs> yeah, it was very handy. So anyway, we went, we ended up both going downstairs and sat down in the living room with her mum. And my mum was like, what's going on tell me i i couldn't say anything i just don't feel like me and she'd ask me a question i don't know she asked me something else i don't know so i don't know i just don't feel like me and, and it's all it's the only way i could describe it at the time anyway that moment led me to a realization that if that had how i'd been living my life up until that point in my head miserable everything was dull everything was boring there was no like 
vim to anything I did. It was all just like dull, right? What other experience of life is there? What does happiness look like? What's peace? What's joy? What's, and it's not like I hadn't had those moments, but it wasn't like hit. They weren't a part of your core being. It was an experience I'd had. It wasn't mm -hmm. a place I was coming from, right? So, and I went to like a few therapy sessions and for whatever reason, the therapist or what we were talking about, just didn't seem like it, it seemed like it was, we were talking up here and what was really going on was down mm -hmm. here, right? And um, anyway, I just got on this path of self-development. I started to write, if, if therapy is not working for me, <laughs> let me find an alternative way right and if anything i'm resourceful always have been if i can't figure something out i'm going to figure it out if i can't do something i'm going to learn how to do it right so i took this approach right therapy's not working for me now what okay what can i do okay books self-help books self-development books okay what else is there podcasts listen to inspirational podcasts let's hear other people's stories let's try and absorb some inspiration some zest for life from other people what else can I do? Meditation. Oh, I've heard that's supposed to be good for you. Let me try meditation. What else can I do? I could probably exercise more. Okay, let's exercise more. What else can I do? Maybe I should stop eating loads of crap. You know, I was eat, like, I'd, I'd drink lots of fizzy drinks and sweets and biscuits. Love biscuits, but let's <laughs> not go into that, right? Cakes and stuff like that. But I just clean up my Same. yeah. Let's clean up my diet a bit. And it wasn't like you know these things specifically were what making the change in me, but I was changing my approach and who I was being in life with these things. Anyway, I had that year, first year and a half, like I said, was very difficult because I, I didn't have a clue. You were changing all the habits. Of course it yeah. was difficult. And, and not even just, the habits were like, I didn't just sit down one day and say, let's do all these things. They just happened incrementally okay. over time, right? But that year, first year, year and a half, I didn't know what was going on. I felt like a fish that was lost at sea, you know, or a boat without a sail, right? I was just like, I have, it was like a whirlwind and it, and it was, it was tougher because I had I now had awareness of like this is a miserable life that I've been living and dot 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 right and I didn't know what came after the dot 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 so it was like this deep feeling of of, of lost and this is when I started to, to feel like more anxiety right hmm. and um had all of these these horrible feelings you know within me like I was just full of like the hatred and frustration and like the, you know the stuff i was saying earlier right judgment and resentment and shame and guilt and all of this stuff i didn't even talk to anyone about it you know the only person who knew was my girlfriend who by that point i think was we we would stay together for a little bit longer than we broke up because we just it just wasn't working obviously right because of how i was being she was the only person you know i hadn't told my friends hadn't told my family and told anyone wouldn't they have noticed differences in what you were doing your behavior your... possibly hmm. i don't know um anyway so i just stayed on this path of like discovery discovery learn that i was just absorbing whatever i could right and um after about this sort of year year and a half i started to notice that something was different i started to notice that my perception was was a bit lighter I started to feel a bit more positive. I started to feel a bit more grateful, you know? At the time, this is now around like 2016-ish. At the time, I was working at the BBC. I used to work at Radio 1 Extra and manage all of the social media accounts. So I was surrounded by like super creative people, artists, DJs, presenters, you know, producers the staff like super creative environment there was a lot of inspiration around me and um i was listening to a lot of podcasts i was i used to binge like lewis house gary v tim ferris like you know all of the big names because back in 2016 there weren't 
as many podcasts available as there are today, mm. right? And I had this flash of inspiration of like, oh man, I'd love to find a podcast that speaks to the artists, the DJs, the creators that I'm surrounded by that are in the UK. Because everything I was listening to was American, right? Mm. No offense to Americans, but you know, <laughs> I'm a Londoner and it's nice to hear voices that sound like mine, right? Not even just London, like UK. And I couldn't find a podcast. There wasn't one out there that was talking to creatives and speaking on personal development, mental health, inspiration, motivation, all of that stuff, right? Another flash of inspiration. Why didn't I start a podcast, right? You know this feeling, right? I know well, this feeling. I know the flashes, yeah. for sure. The flashes of vision, Yeah. when they become so incessant that yeah. you can't ignore them anymore, that's when you take action. Exactly, right? And so that's what happened. Mm. Started my podcast at the beginning of 2017. Just started interviewing the people that I knew, music managers, videographers, photographers, DJs, entrepreneurs you name it right anyone who i was connected to i just hey man do you want to come on my podcast like you want it and everyone was saying yeah i was like oh, this is great <laughs> like everyone was saying yeah fuck, this is amazing and then you know as the podcast started to grow and i had like some you know really lovely um like feature spots from like apple they put me on like the main page of the podcast app or whatever and you know i got mentioned in a couple of things i can't remember what exactly specifically now the podcast started growing quite rapidly you know from like 50 listeners, 100 listeners, 500, 1,000. I was like, whoa, this is crazy, right? 2,000, 3,000. Like, it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's like, shit, this is doing something. Mm -hmm. And then the more that I started to share my journey on the podcast and online as well, and, and with people that I was spending time with at work and outside of work, people just started to naturally sort of gravitate towards me and ask for like help and advice, right? And counsel, especially at work, right? And, and I'm someone who, you know, despite everything, I've always been willing to help people, always. You know, I've always given my time, I've always given my energy to people where I felt like I could. So what started to happen naturally, I just started helping people. And then someone said to me, I can't remember who, oh, you should be a coach. And something in the back of my head was like, keep hearing about this thing, coaching. And this is like 2017, right? Like, I didn't have a clue what coaching was. I'd, be, I'd hear it on podcasts, I'd read it in books. I was like, I know what a football coach is, I know what a fitness coach is, I don't know what a life coach is, right? Mm. But it sounds cool. Sounds like something I'd love to do. So I started to, to research it and um, I reached out to someone who many, many years earlier, um, I met through a work project who was a coach. He was the only person in the, in the entire universe, as far as I was aware, that was a coach. <laughs> so I reached out to him, his name was John Dashfield. Shout out, John. And um, he was, I just sent him a message, what I'm up to, looking into getting into coaching, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, Alex, great to hear from you. Sounds amazing. Like, let's meet up. Let's go for lunch. Like, happy to share some stuff with you. Cool, man. Appreciate it. We had this lunch and he just just basically just gave me like some of the most amazing advice. And it wasn't anything specific that he said, but the vibe that I got from him was just start helping people. Just start coaching people. Don't wait. Don't waste time. Just start. And he, he, he gave me a couple of resources, the Prosperous Coach, which I recommended to you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not necessarily Prosperous Coach, but the work of Steve Chandler. Um, and then told me to check out Sydney Banks, who's this guy who discovered, that's probably not the right word, but the three principles is a kind of like um, the forefront of psychology. It's like beyond psychology. It's like looking at the conscious mind, essentially, um, from a spiritual perspective and how we create life through our thinking in a nutshell, way deeper than that. Anyway, so I started reading all this stuff and I was fascinated. I was like, this is what I want to do. So now we're in like 2018 and I just started coaching people. People I was messaging on Instagram, hey man, look, I'm looking against coaching. Do you want some, happy to offer you some time? Yeah, great. And I'd sit with people, have like two, three, four sessions with people. 
they'd be like, wow, this is so helpful. How can I pay you? And I'm like, oh shit, like, <laughs> I weren't prepared for that bit. I was mm. like, uh, uh, well, I I don't know. I'm like fumbling like around. like, I don't, uh. And then I was like, right, I need to start coming up with fees and, you know, a business plan and like all of this stuff. Yeah. And I got so lost at that time in the idea of like building a business and trying to focus too much on like selling and like, I'm a coach and blah, blah. and I stopped the thing that was most impactful spending time with people are they, do they have to be mutually exclusive though can you can they be organically yeah. friends yeah a hundred percent to me it was one or the other you either spend time with people or you sell something to them in, in, in a very brutal mm-hmm. way it wasn't quite like that and i got lost in the source of you know the business the sell the and i, I never forget this right i don't think i've ever shared this publicly but you know here we go i decided in so let's think now this would be like the end of 2018 I put out an uh, yeah eighteen. I put out an ebook. It was called Daily Positive: Five Habits to Help Transform Your Mindset or something, something like that. And I put it out, and I had like three, four hundred downloads, and I, I got like an email list and whatever. And, and I decided that like in, around spring two thousand nineteen, I'd been working with some people. I had like one of my first paying clients. I was starting to see that the people I was spending time with and free of charge was like massive transformation was happening in their life. I was like, right, we're going for the money. We're going in for the money. So I, I announced this thing to online and on my email list that I was going to be starting a coaching group. And it was going to be a, I think it was like an eight week or 12 week program. And um, I was so excited for it. I was like, right, everyone's going to be queuing up. This, it, I think it was like for 10 people, there's going to be a massive queue of people. Send the email, did the post. Not one person came back to me with like actually one person was like I'd be interested and then I'd like sent them the email back with like the price and they just didn't get back to me I was sat there like oh shit why do you think that was good question what I think and actually what I know is no one had any context as to what the work would entail I'd written it out beautifully this is what we're going to do eight week thing 12 week whatever it was you know we'd be focusing on this we'd be doing that that but it was just theoretical. No one had had the experience. Interesting, because my immediate thought was because you had been, I, were these the people that you had coached for free? For no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yes. Sorry, I thought I thought it was people that you had already coached for free, so that's why they were reluctant to just be. Well, th- well, this is this is where I started to see this, right? So the people who I you know sent the email out to on my email list, and which is you know some of my podcast listeners and social media followers who had, who, who had joined my email list and the post that I put out on Instagram pretty much none of those people had ever had a conversation with me right to spend time with me to for me to coach them to see how I could help them so no one signed up and I was bummed man I was like oh man very demoralizing for yeah sure. I was like does this mean I'm not good enough there's no one value what I've been doing like all of this time and blah 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 right and then on the other hand, the people who I'd been coaching for free were like, I want more. How can I pay you? How much is it? I want to do more. What does it look like for us to work together? So I was starting to see this distinction, right? Of like, well, the people that I'm spending time with want more. And the people who I haven't spent time with don't seem to want anything. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. That's Give before taking. Yeah, that's interesting, right? So then I started to, to, this is when I actually started to read The Prosperous Coat and more of Steve Chandler's work. I started to really absorb myself in what he was saying because he was basically saying, spend time with people, help them, serve them, see if they want more. If they want more, 
this is how it works this is what i charge this is what it looks like right don't just go up and be like hey do you want coaching this is what i can do for you i can change your life i can da, 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 da. this is how much it is because people are going to be like dude I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, for sure. Words are cheap. So what I was getting from Steve Chandler's work is like, give people an experience of what you do without any strings attached. Just coach someone for free. And if they want more, then you can say, yeah, this is what it looks like. Or let's have another session. Then we can talk about what it looks like or whatever, right? However you want to do it. It's individual. So I started to see that, okay, spending time with people is key. So I just started, you know, having DM conversations with people. Hey, do you want to have a call? No, no strings attached. I wasn't even saying, do you want to have a coaching session? Just do you want to have a call? It'd be great to, to connect or whatever. And in those conversations, I was finding little opportunities to help people. And then they were like, wow, this conversation has been amazing. How do we do this? Like, whatever. Like, and then be like, yeah, do you want another conversation? Yeah. And then we'd have another conversation. And then it would kind of go on like that. So anyway, I started to see like a little bit of like the beginnings of success or what I would deem success, right? In terms of like, or what society would deem success about like, in terms of like the wheels were in motion, things were starting to change. People were wanting to work with me was the key thing I was seeing, right? And it was the people I was spending time with. So I was like, this is interesting. And then at the end of 2019, I went traveling for two months. So I went to South America, 30th of December to the 1st of March, 2020, pre-pandemic. And um, I just moved back in with my parents because I was saving the money for this travel. So while I was away, I had this flash of insight. You need to write a book was one second flash of insight when you go back no more social media work just focus on the coaching just sack off the social media work focus on the coaching what was the social media work so i was working full-time at the bbc from mm. 2014 up until 2018 and then i for a year and a half i did some freelance work so i did a few more jobs at the bbc i did a large project with spotify at the end of 2019 for six months i think it was and that was my last job before i went traveling so this flash of insight was like no more social media work you don't you don't need to be a freelance social media like you double be, down on coaching you want to be a coach mm -hmm. do it two flashes of insight i was like All right, cool so get back from south america didn't have a flipping clue about coronavirus until like the day before i was flying home and my mom and dad were like oh be careful there's this thing going around i was like never heard of it get back literally two weeks later three weeks later borders shut lockdown right or the beginnings time of, to write a book yeah beginnings <laughs> of lockdown right oh shit got all this time on my hand yeah what do i do choice choice number one sit around and do nothing choice number two sit around and watch movies and play video games choice number three pick up some freelance work choice number four start writing choice number five start coaching people i chose the last two i hired a coach shout out Sachin. joined his who's one of my he's like one of my best friends now but you know we were friends before and i could see that he was really creating his business in, in a way that seemed really aligned to how i wanted to do it and, I, and at the beginning of 2020 it's like april time i was messaging him quite a lot like dude like i want to take the coaching seriously i want to take it seriously and he'd been telling me for like a year man you'd be killing it like take it seriously take it seriously so when i hit him up and i was like yeah i want to take it seriously he was like sick i'm, I'm so happy for you like i can't wait like and i'd kept messaging messaging him, messaging him and then one day we were on the phone and he just said to me dude i'm starting a group for coaches to like work on their business join it it's going to be so good for you flash of inspiration yeah i have to do that it was like a 1200 quid for the year i was like seems like a lot of money i was like shit yeah, I have to do that. I was like, dude, I'm in. Spent a year in his coaching group. At the end of the year, 
had so much had changed for me. I think I'd worked with like five people one to one in within like the first six months. I'd made like my first, I'd made my money back on the the group the group within like three months. I I did my first coaching group with people actually in it. <laughs> had um it was like six seven people in a group, which again was like a I think it was a three month group, four months maybe. And I started to see like wow this is working. By the end of the year in the group, I'd made I can't remember exactly, but it was like either. Twelve thousand pounds or fourteen thousand pounds, from zero pounds to fourteen thousand in twelve months. I was like, "Oh, oh, something happened there." <laughs> and this is the big and. I didn't really give it a hundred percent. I gave it maybe like thirty-five percent. You were you were having fun. Yeah, I was having fun. I gave it like thirty-five percent because I was also writing my book and I was also playing a lot of PlayStation and right in the evenings and stuff, right. And I, during the day, I'd get distracted and I watch YouTube videos. So I wasn't really treating it like a business. Mm-hmm. I was treating it like this is this. Let me let me try this out. Yeah, you know, even though when I was in it, I was giving a hundred percent to the conversations, but I wasn't giving the totality. Yeah, yeah the of totality 100%. of your time. So I was like, hmm. What would happen if I gave it a hundred percent? So is that your one hundred percent full time job right now? Yes. So over the years. How many people would you say you've coached? Hundreds. Hundreds. In three years. Yeah. Probably closer to 200. So from the people that you've coached, if I asked you, what is the kind of number one thing that, number one problem they come to you with? What is it? Let me answer it like this, right? You'll get used to this. I don't give a straight answer, right? (laughs) Let me answer it like this. People come to me with problems or things they want to work on. I want to amazing, I want to, you know, create a business. I want to start this project. I want an amazing relationship with my partner. I want more confidence. I want more self-love. I want to improve my mental health. Whatever it is, right? It always boils down to the same thing. The relationship someone has with their own thinking. Because that's the only thing that's ever getting in the way, right? I want to start this project, but I'm scared. There's so much fear there. Or what if? Or what if? Do you ask them why they want to start the project? Yeah. I always find that out first. Why? What do you want to create and why? Why is it important to you? And then we look at what's getting in the way. And it's not a formulaic like this, right? But this mm-hmm. is just like, essentially. And then, okay, what's getting in the way? Oh, I'm scared. Oh, what about this? What about that? Do you find that sometimes the thing that they think they want is actually not the thing they want? 100%. So there's a, yeah. Give me a little, give me a little. <laughs> yeah. This is a good coach right here, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I find, I want to create a business. Okay, tell me why. Oh, because, you know, then, you know, I can have the income. Okay, why do you want the income? What would you do? Oh, then, you know, I can buy nice things or buy buy a nice house for my family, for example, right? Okay, why? Because then when I've, you know, got this nice house and I've got more free time. I can then I'll feel dot, dot, dot. Yeah, then I'll feel dot, dot, dot. Or the other one, then I'll be able to spend more time with my family. Okay, so that's really what you want here. What you really want is to spend more time with your family. We got there through the snakes and the ladders, but this is what you really want. Right? How about if I give you a shortcut? <laughs> yeah. So let's let's create you into someone who's spending more time in with your family. And what will probably happen as a result is the business thing, right? That that's just a small example, right? And a lot of the time what's getting in the way is the worry, the fear, the yeah, but when I feel like it's the right time, then what if? Yeah, what if? And I said this to someone the other day, right? He was like, one of my clients, he was like, I'm not going to show specifically what we're talking about for obvious reasons, but he was like, yeah, but I'm worried about, you know, can I do it? I said, all right, dude. I had a bottle, but I said, you see this? Fill this up with me for what's stopping you from 
doing what you want to do. If you can put in this glass what's stopping you from doing what you want to do, I'll give you a million pounds. Obviously you can do it, right? So I said, so the only thing that's getting in your way is thinking. If you can see that, you can have whatever you want. And he was like, ah, <laughs> good point, <laughs> right? The things are so obvious when somebody points them out for you, but if they don't, we often are blindsided to our own situations. And this is why coaches need coaches. 100%. We're so good sometimes at giving other people advice. If only we were so good at following our own advice, <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? No one can see their own blind spots. No. I, you know, in the last three years, I've invested, I reckon, close to 50K in coaching for myself. And if it wasn't for that, you know, I wouldn't be as, I don't like to use like time as a reference, but like as far ahead and within my own development as I'd probably get to arrive at this point eventually, but I've sped up the process mm. with, with a coach, mm -hmm. two coaches, actually three coaches actually. And yeah, like I, I'm always going to be someone who invests in coaching because I see the massive impact it has on me. Mm. I'm a totally different person today as I was three years ago when I was like, okay, let me take coaching seriously. The first thing that I did to take coaching seriously, let me hire a coach. Because if, if I don't, as a coach, right? If I don't have a coach, am I really believing the power of coaching myself? Probably not. And I'm not saying that's always the case, right? But more often than not, probably not. Very true. And it's also even another point, which is, I think if you don't have coaches, mentors, and these figures that are in front of you, I won't say above you, but in front of you in their life journey, that you can learn from you're basically being arrogant right mm. and saying that you know everything yeah. <laughs> and you have nothing else to learn which is pretty preposterous yeah. so i think the more the more figures that you have in your life that you can lean on that you can learn from and that can help guide you through your own journey you just become you as you say you speed up that process of growth and you become enriched so much quicker and then you can trickle it down to whoever yeah. is behind you in their journey they haven't done what you've done exactly. so yeah that's very very valuable i want to ask you about your purpose do you know what that is or what's your relationship with the word itself i think there's two ways we can view purpose right what's my purpose do i have a purpose etc 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 right that that to me is a continual chase it's a there's something out there that is my purpose like fucking pokemon they're running around trying to catch it right <laughs> i need to catch the right purpose right i remember that yeah <laughs> that <right>. year <laughs> yeah me too me too mm. i've been there done that i got the, got the pokemon ball full of crap right so now i see it in a very different way there's having a purpose and there's living with purpose that's the gold okay can you do everything you do with a purpose with a purpose or, or with, with your with, purpose with purpose not even defined as mine or a just with purpose and whatever you want to channel that into be my guest play in the playground of life you know there isn't i wouldn't say there's any one thing that any one person is supposed to be doing in this world if you think that you're always going to be searching for it if you do everything with purpose watch how much more colorful and beautiful your life becomes but what does that mean good question to me what it means is what we were saying before be present be loving if you for example right you, you want to have a great relationship with your family cool spend time with them be purposeful when you're with them be present be attentive listen to them be loving don't be on your phone don't be like oh yeah honey i'll be there in a minute that doesn't look to me like someone who's living with purpose in that moment 
I'm sensing that you might be saying that what living with purpose means to you means living in alignment, in alignment with your values and with alignment with who you think you are truly. Mm. Is that kind of? Yeah, I'd mm. say that's that's fairly accurate. And, and I would add to that as well. It's like the being in alignment across the board, mentally, emotionally, with your values, you know, with how you're being with people, how you're showing up in the world. Like you, you could be a bus driver and you could be living with the most purpose in the world. Does it mean that being a bus driver is your purpose? No, because no such thing exists to me, in my opinion. Very interesting. You, but you can do it with purpose, you know. You you can live your life in a way where there's purpose to everything you do. And that purpose is a superpower, you know, in some way to, that you can channel, you mm -hmm. can plug into in any moment by being with people, being present. You could be a plumber, right? And you could be the most purposeful person in the world, connect with people, listen to them help them see the highest possibility in people see the highest possibility in what you do if i said to you what does a plumber do how would you describe it he fixes people's hydraulic appliances <laughs> does that sound very glamorous it sounds very useful sounds very useful right yeah. now if i look for the highest possible possibility in what a plumber does they help people have a functioning home that so that they can live in a loving environment they serve people in a way which means that is that essential they, to them that mm -hmm. they can live comfortably in the four walls of their own home mm -hmm. you know it's this i'm describing the same thing yeah yeah it's it's it, again it's all about perception yeah mm -hmm. and it's like if that plumber sees the possibility of what they do and who they're being up here the way that they do it is going to be way more impactful and purposeful you're talking about the way people show up in their lives, in yeah. their daily lives, in each single moment of their interaction with others. Yeah, it's very valid. That's it. Because have, have you ever heard anyone, uh, you know, a, a spiritual guru or a, you know, a wise man ever say, you need to be doing this in your life. You mm -hmm. need to do this one specific thing. You need to find this one specific thing. Alex, you have no idea <laughs> how relevant it is what you just said to me in my life. I... For the longest time, I really had no idea what it is that I'm supposed to be doing in life. And that is because I've come to understand what was really important to me is how I am. And I could always very clearly define what type of person I want to be, who I want to be, and how I want to be, but not the profession that I'd like to do. And as I've now come to understand, that is because it essentially is not important at all. It's like, if I have this purpose, there are about hundreds of ways that I can mm. manifest that and externalize it in the real world. And to me, it doesn't matter as long as I am living that purpose. I am in alignment with what I think and what I feel, what I know deep down I should be doing. But for the longest time, I was in this internal conflict because I could it was hard to relate to other people because I could feel, you know, this sort of expectation or, or of even having an answer. And mm. I would want to give an answer even to myself. It's easy when you have something, a clear answer, a definition, something precise, something tangible to, to say. But when the goal itself is something intangible, it's how you're showing up. What do you want to be 
I want to be a good person with good values. <laughs> That's it sounds like some sort yeah. of woo-woo stuff from like a fairy tale. It yeah, doesn't yeah. really have a place in the society, which is another topic to be had. Yeah. <laughs> which is what are we really focusing on here? Mm -hmm. What are we teaching kids and people to focus on? I've always also had a problem with just meeting new people and the first question being, so what do you do? Do I want to distill my whole existence and my whole being into one title? That seems so wrong, so limiting and so silly, unnecessary, just incorrect. And so I'd always have this internal resistance to that. Like <laughs> a slight annoyance when people would do that. But of course, that's not their fault. That's how the society works. But yeah, I think, and of course now we're, you know, reeling into kind of utopian. What would the world be if we could, you know, wave a magic wand? But I think if the focus would be more on, you know, what, what type of person are you and how are you with, with others? How are you with yourself? Rather than what's your job title, which essentially in this day and age just basically describes what are you getting paid for? Probably 40 hours a week, which frankly, why do I care? What are you getting paid 40 hours a week for doing? I don't. If I'm your friend, I don't. If I'm your uh, romantic partner, I don't. Only if I'm your employer, I care about that, to be frank. Yeah. So so why? Why is that the first thing that we're asking? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> in another world, that would be a nice thing if we could focus on that a bit more. Went on a bit of a tangent there, didn't I? That's <laughs> no, great though. I, I love it. And, and it's like, if I said to you, right, Dana, right, you pass away, right? Your time has come to an end. You know, how would you want people to describe you for who, who you were? Like, what would some of the things that would come I, up? I know exactly what it would be. It would be, she was a person that made me smile. She was a person that uplifted my spirits. She made me laugh. She gave me good advice. I spent this and this moment in that and that country. And she made me feel something, something special. And she helped me. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> she had an impact in my life. And can you see, like, if we were all living in alignment with our versions of that, how impactful. How different we would move. Yeah. And how purposeful we would be in life. If that was your only focus, to make people smile, to help them, and to show them love is essentially what i was hearing and what you said right it doesn't matter what you do because the way that you do anything would be informed by those three things because that's who you're choosing to be that's how you're cho choosing to show up in the world how you do that and what you channel that into doesn't really matter because if you're really being someone who makes people smile who helps people and is loving to people going to be impactful on everyone that you meet that's it that's the simplicity of life very true if we're only ever being those things our versions of those things job done <laughs> life is magical it's complete yeah absolutely nobody i think once at their funeral people saying he certainly was a great <laughs> a great title on the, on the newspaper by making you know 200 million dollars for this conglomerate well mm -hmm. done yeah. <laughs> what yeah what he drove a nice car <laughs> yeah good for him always revved it though didn't make me sleep yeah. damn it <laughs> so I like to ask this question as well. If you had to share with me three fantastic life lessons that you've internalized over the years, what would you share? Only three. <laughs> I know. Well, we got to keep it to the I part got, two I got a in whole, the future. I got a whole book. <laughs> okay, bring them, bring them. <laughs> All right. So three life lessons that have what? Sorry, say it again. Yeah, just, just really valuable to you life lessons that you've picked up over the um, years that you hold dear. Okay. So the first one would be the thinking that I have creates the experience that i'm having what i think i feel and what i feel is my experience game changer game changer Pfft, i can't tell you how much that like seeing that wow 
what I think I feel and what I feel is my experience. So my thinking is basically creating my life all the time, forever. That's it. Change the relationship with what's going on in here. I'm free from so many things. So that would be the first one. The second one. Oh, this is a good one. Communication. We hear it all the time, right? With, with a partner, with your friends. Communicate more. Communicate more. You should communicate more. You should communicate more. Mm. But should we? Controversy incoming. Yes. Big <laughs> controversy. See it like this, right? I, I read this in this amazing book called The Relationship Handbook by uh, George Pransky. And he's talking about how are you communicating? Where are you communicating from? And he uses this example. Communication is like a pipe, right? Going back to bring the plumber back in. The pipe, right? Whatever you put in the top of the pipe comes out at the end. So if you put dirty water in the top of the pipe, what comes out? Dirty water. You put clean water in the top of the pipe, what comes out? Clean water. Let's take that into the world of communication. If communication is the pipe, what's going in the top? Our emotional state, our feeling in the moment. If I'm feeling angry, what's going to come out via my communication? Anger. If I'm feeling loving, what's going to come out? Loving communication. So when we say we should communicate more, should we? If I'm communicating with my partner and anger is going in the top of the pipe, I don't think our communication is going to be that helpful. I think she's going to end up as pissed as I am, <laughs> right? Now, if I notice, okay, I've got something to share, but I'm feeling anger or frustration, so what's going to come out the pipe is anger or frustration. Let me wait until I'm in a more positive feeling. When I'm in that positive feeling, that will go in the top of the pipe. And what will come out is a positive feeling via my communication game changer that as far as i'm aware up until this point has changed my relationships with everyone so you wait until you're in a in an acceptable or positive emotional state until you communicate yeah if i'm if i'm pissed right and i'm having an argument with my girlfriend as an example which doesn't happen often to be fair but if we were communicating from that place isn't going to be helpful but you're going to get more pissed at each other. Mm. And it's happened, right? Now, if I say, look, babe, I love you. Now's not the time for us to be having this conversation. I want to come back when I'm, you know, a bit more calm or whatever. Then we can sit and we can talk. We might say the same sort of things, right? But the It will way, come across very differently. The way yeah. we communicate it is very differently because of where it's coming from inside mm. of us. That has changed every relationship I have. Yeah, very true because your underlying intention might be good, but because of your unstable emotional state, the words are coming across with a very different energetic charge. And what we perceive before words, so intellectually, we perceive emotionally through the vibrations and the energy that we emit. So that makes a lot of sense, even though the intention, of course, is good, mm -hmm. but we're just unable to, yeah, deliver it in a way that we would ideally yeah. like to so that makes a lot of sense and if we're not super grounded in our own you know state of being or values or whatever you want to call it more often than not we rise to the other person's feeling through their communication so if i turned up here right i was saying earlier and i was pissed chances are you would probably rise to meet me at some level of that mm. you'd be a bit worried or a bit anxious or oh is he going to be stressed while we're recording Energy is contagious. Energy, you start to almost find a frequency with each other, right? Now, on the other hand, I'm not saying that would have happened. On the other hand, if I came in and I was super pissed and you were just super chill, it probably would have helped me calm down, right? So what I'm getting at is like how we're communicating is more important than just communicating. Amen. Agree to that. So that's the second one. Now I've got to think of the third. Right. Let me put, let me think of it this way. 
if I had one more message that I could share, what would it be? By the way, I'm going to put your links everywhere so people can go and find you and find more, more of your wisdom. (laughs) Okay, here's a good one. Here's one that I've been, I've been living into recently, right? Who we're being comes before anything. Preach. (laughs) Right? If we focus on the doing, like, so here's, let's go. So there's do, be, have, right? If I do all of this work, then I will be successful and I will have loads of money. Interesting. For me, it is be, then it's do, then it's have. That's the final piece. (laughs) This is fucking good coach right here. Stop. (laughs) Go hit her up, people. So do, be, have, right? It can work. But it's probably not the most effective, right? Because you're just focusing on the doing. Mm. If I do this, if I do this, then I'll be this type of way. Then I'll have this thing. Then you've got have, do, be. When I have money, then I can do all the things I want to do. And then I'll be happy. It doesn't work. Tried it. No. I've tried it. Trust me, it doesn't work. It's like giving a lot of money to somebody that doesn't know how to manage money will exasperate their problems. They're going to be even in, they're going to end up in even more debt even more depressed and even more miserable. Yeah. So not a good idea. Exactly. And then the final one, which you lovingly shared, be, do, have. If I'm being happy now, then what I'm doing is going to be a reflection of that and I will be able to have anything that I want. So let's use another example. If I'm being loving in my relationship, then my doing, my action will be loving and then I'll have a loving relationship with my partner, right? Be, do, have. The being, who you're being always informs your actions and your doing and that creates what you have. Mic drop. We might as well wrap up right here because Mm. that's all that matters. (laughs) Absolutely agree. Thank you so much for sharing these. They're invaluable lessons, truly. I'm glad that you you shared those. I think they're going to be very useful for everybody. Thank you for asking. So as always, I will wrap up with a last question, which is, what is your recipe for happiness? Be happy. Don't overthink it. Just just be. As we, as we just discussed. Just be happy. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to do to be happy. Just be happy. Fair enough. I always... And I, always... And, and I would say ungrateful. Happy and grateful. Yeah. And they feed into each other. Because yeah. when if you're struggling to feel happy, maybe you should just focus on what you already have. Then you'll start feeling grateful. Yeah. And then that can easily slip into... Yeah. Well, if we look at it through be, be, do, have, if I'm being grateful, Mm. then, you know, I'm going to be doing things in a way where I'm not too fussed about what I'm doing because I'm grateful for what I have. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to have a great life. I'm going to have more. Yeah. Yeah, And I'll probably have more. Yeah. More comes to those who are grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Thank you. It's been a fantastic uh, episode. And uh, see, no, no notes. (laughs) And I want to acknowledge you, you know. Thank you. You showed up, didn't have your notes, conducted an amazing conversation. You've got a wonderful energy, clearly very wise. And this is honestly, I've done a lot of interviews in my time. This has felt like it's been one of the best I've ever done. And that's because of you. You know, you're you've got a very open mind, very open to exploring. And that's why I was very happy to come on this podcast, because I knew that the conversation would be insane. And that's down to the space that you've created here, you know welcoming people into your home, having a lovely little conversation beforehand. It's the stuff that people don't see right off camera. Offered me a drink, a tea, a coffee, gave me a little turmeric shot. 
<laughs> glass of water was ready prepared. There's a lot of care that's going into this. And I want to acknowledge you for that because that's what makes this space so special to be in. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and can we sign out with, with something special? Yeah, for sure. So I said earlier that I was going to share my document and I didn't. Yes, please. So I'd like to take the opportunity to do it please. if that's okay. I am the love of the universe. I am that everyone is deserving of my love. I am madly and deeply in love with myself. I am perfect physical freedom and I'm getting stronger every day. I'm the gold standard of loving communication, especially with my girlfriend, Shen. I am accepted for who I am. I am being me in all social settings. I am that I love my sister more than anything. I am loved by my family. I am that my greatest gift is the love my parents give me. I am beyond comparison. I am that my wisdom is always guiding me. I'm effortless abundance and creativity. I am free and I love to travel. I am that I can learn from everyone. I am providing incredible value in the world, in everything I do and everywhere I go. I am the host of the most valuable podcast on the planet. I am that speaking Italian is my divine birthright. I'm a Jedi master of productivity. I am perfect mental health. This is who I am. And this is who I create myself to be. And my parents name me Alex. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and share it with someone. I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions as to what guests you'd like to see in the show next. See you next week. <laughs>